Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Last Sunday at the park, man, for those that didn't get there, you can watch it online, but it won't quite be the same because I tell you, it was, uh, it was amazing. Not because the man did a great job, but they really did a great job. And not because the message or because of Randy, but, but because it was obvious that God had done that. Uh, for those that uh, weren't around last week, there was a 90% chance of thunderstorms on Thursday. And we were looking at that and we're like, okay, what do we do? We're gonna be outdoors and a thunderstorm is not where you, where you want to be outdoors, right? And we just said, hey, we got to pray. And we sent the word out, let's pray, ask God for a miracle, ask God to, to do something that we can't do on our own. And you guys prayed. And let me just say, thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody that prayed. If you go back and you look at the radar, literally it went above us and around us. And we had no rain at the amphitheater. And so I just wanted to say praise God and celebrate him for just a minute. Can you join me in that? I thought, man, that is just like God. You read these Old Testament stories of how he wants to glory. And, and so what he does is he has like the, the worship leaders go out ahead of the warriors and they sing and then people like kill each other and they don't even have to fight. And, and then he, he does the battle of Jericho where they go around, they walk around this amazing fortress and they, they shout and the whole walls come down. It's like, okay, God, you are amazing, right? And so... Uh, I felt like last Sunday for our 20th anniversary, God was so sweet to give us one of those kind of moments of, yes, we got to see God do something that we couldn't do. Because if we had planned everything so perfectly, if we had had the, the sound, songs perfect, the worship time, the message, if everything had been perfect, but it had been a thunderstorm, it had been a no-go, right? And so God got the glory, and that was a fresh time. Uh, well, we're glad you're here. For those watching online, I want to encourage you to do something for us. I want to encourage you to, to check in with Pastor Andrew and tell us where you're from. I had somebody from the Philippines say they're watching online, somebody from Central Asia, Illinois, Ohio. It'd be fun just to see where everybody's watching from. So if y'all be willing to do that, that'd be great. For those of us here, today's Mother's Day. I've already heard Brian and Meredith talk about it. We talk about how that looks. And for my family... Uh, I found it kind of weird this year because my mom passed away just over a year ago. And as I sent out the text to the kids, I was like, hey, I guess really, guys, it's your turn to take this over now because, um, you know, my mom's not here. She's in heaven. And so now it's your responsibility. So y'all figure it out. <laughs> and as I saw through that, I realized, you know, in this room, there's a lot of folks that Mother's Day can be a tough time. Tough time to have joy in your heart because you've lost your mom. Tough time to have joy in your heart because maybe your, your mom wasn't a mom that was there for you. Tough to have joy in your heart because maybe you wanted to have motherhood and God hasn't made that way for you yet. There's so many realms that this could be a tough season. And so as I was going through Psalms that were reading, the word joy just kept leaping off the page to me. 
And so today we're gonna talk about joy and what joy looks like and how God is the source of joy and how as we lean into God and we live for him, he gives us this supernatural joy. Joy that we can't understand in our own strengths or our own abilities. So we're gonna be in the book of Psalms today. If you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up Psalms in the Old Testament. It's a really easy book to find. Most Bibles, you set it up there, you open it right in the middle, and it opens the Psalms. So Psalms is about the easiest one. It's got 150 chapters, mostly written by David, but not only written by David. Uh, and a lot of these are songs they would have sung, just like Jimmy was talking about these songs and hymns and spiritual songs. A lot of these would have been songs that they sang as congregations in the Jewish faith, and some of them were more along the lines of poetry. But we want to glean from them some nuggets that God would encourage us with. So Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and my hope is that today you'll find strength from this joy because the Lord is the source of that joy. So if you want to read with me, Psalms 43, verse 3 and 4. It says, send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Let's go, Lord, in prayer and ask God to show us how he can be our source of joy. Lord, a lot of folks are coming here today with baggage. A lot of folks are coming with hurt, discouragement, disappointment. Some of that, Lord, it's coming from they're not living the life they thought they were going to get to be living. They're walking through a broken marriage, a broken relationship, a broken friendship, a, a broken connection with you. And Lord, today I just pray that you literally would open the windows of heaven, God, and just turn the spigot on and let your Holy Spirit just give everybody a bear hug and, and, and just let them all know, let all of us know how much you love us and just to fill us to overflowing with your joy. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, when we talk about joy, first thing I want to tell you is that joy and happiness are not the same thing, okay? Happiness is where you do something, and in that moment, it makes you happy because you're getting to do that something. So I liken it to roller coasters. I like roller coasters. I like fast roller coasters. I like ones that get my stomach. I like ones that make me scream, and I, I like roller coasters, now, having said that, I don't like the hour and a half wait. You have to wait for the best roller coasters, right? But you do. So you're waiting that hour and a half. And my kids will tell you, we went to amusement parks this last year, and I don't do well waiting in lines. I, I, I'm, that's not my spiritual strong suit, you know. Patience and calmness is not my spiritual strong suit. So it's a challenge. But then when we get in the line, they'll also tell you when we get to the to the ride, I am a great roller coaster rider. Woo! You know, I'm like loving it. Come on, kids, raise your hands. You're like, Dad, you're embarrassing me. Come on, let's scream loud. You know, I'm that guy. I'm that guy, okay? But then we get off and the reality quickly sets in. Another hour and a half before I get that again, right? 
And some of you live your life that way. It's like you are so looking forward to the weekend because that's when happiness comes because you hate your job. You're so looking forward to Christmas because that's when the whole family gets together. You're so looking forward to dot, dot, dot because that's when your happiness happens. But what I want you to know is that God wants to give you joy each and every day. Now, that's not the woohoo, it's the yeah, God is good. And the reason he can do that is because God is the source of joy. So whether it's a good time, a bad time, a happy time, or a hard time, you can truly find joy day in and day out in your life. I heard the story of, a, of an art contest that they had, and each year they would give a theme for the painting that, that they would judge upon whether you painted that theme and who got the best painting compared to the theme. And so one year the, the theme was joy. And of course you had, I'm sure, the paintings that all of us might paint, and that's the sunrise and the sunset and the happy family and that kind of thing. And then there was one that kind of stood out. It was a storm. It was dark. It was cloudy. It was lightning. It was rain. And you had to look really close, but in the, in the corner on a tree, there was a little bird, and he was under, under cover there and just chirping away. And that was the painting that won. Because true joy isn't when everything's going right, you have joy. True joy is when the storms are blazing and blasting, you are still leaning in and able to sing because you know where your source is. So if you got your listening guide, the first thing is that God is the source of our joy. He designed it that way. When he created you, he designed you to have a relationship with him. Psalm 43, three and four that we just looked at says in verse four, the source of all my joy. Now you say, well, Steve, I get joy from my family. Yes, and who gave you that family? God. Steve, I get, I get joy from my, my uh, accomplishments. Yep, who gave you your hands and feet to accomplish things? I get joy from, and you fill in the blank, whatever it is, God provided it for you in one way or another. And so literally, God is the source of every good and perfect gift in your life. And you say, well, I earn this. Really? Try living in Ukraine right now and earning that same amount of money you're earning. Who put you in this place that you're in right now? Well, but I'm really sharp and I'm a self-starter. Really? Okay. Go live in communist China and see if they feel the same way. We have freedoms here. But those freedoms are from God. And we need to honor him and give thanks and praise and recognize that every good and every perfect gift is from him. And so when times are good, we need to praise him. When times are hard, we need to praise him. In the good, in the bad, we can walk that out knowing that God is the source of our joy. And so that is where we find strength and where we find hope. Psalm 34, 5 says this. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Now, when do you go to God for help? When times are crummy, right? And so he's saying, even in those times where you need help, there's joy. Look at Psalm 34, verse 8, just a couple verses down. 
says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. When do you need to take refuge? When you're being attacked, right? When do you need that fortress to run into? When the enemy is bringing everything they have against you? That's when you need that that refuge. And he's saying that in that time of attack, there's joy from God. And I've discovered this to be true. That if God is the source of my joy, whether I'm employed or unemployed, there can be joy. Whether my relationship with my wife is really doing well or really struggling, there can be joy. Whether my kids are are saying yes, sir, and obeying me, or saying no way, Jose, and turning their back on me, I can have joy. Now, in that moment, that may not be the way I'm feeling, but that's why I gotta go back to my refuge of God that he might resource me and rejuvenate my source of joy. Now, uh, as you look at the direct hope that we have, Psalm 144.15 says, yes, joyful are those who live like this. Joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. So the first thing, is God your Lord? Do you have a relationship with him that he is first place in your life? That's where all this starts. Is he Lord or is he your savior, but not your Lord? You say, what do you mean? Well, Jesus died for everybody. So technically, Jesus is everyone's savior. He laid his life down and made it available to all, but he's not everybody's Lord. Lord means we go all in. Lord means we trust him and we trust him with all of our life. That's what it means to be Lord. And that's part of this joy. When we hold back on God, we don't get all the joy. When we surrender all to God, he surrenders all that joy to us. Well, second thing, God gives joy to the righteous. Now, this is interesting. Does he offer joy to everybody? Yes, he does. But when you're living a life separate from God in your sin, you separate yourself. Here's what he says in Psalm 119. Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their heart. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his path. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. So what is the correlation here? A right relationship with God and joy come together. When you have sin in your life, it separates. It puts a wall between you and God. Your sin is this shame and this guilt that the devil used to separate you from relationship with God. It happens in our own personal lives, right? Okay? You have a, a close friend, and they say, hey, let's go out Friday night. And you're like, that'd be great. Let's go hang out Friday night. And then... Another friend calls, and they invite you to a free concert in Nashville for Friday night, and your other buddy was just inviting you to go watch a movie at his house. And he calls you and go, hey, you on your way over here? Oh, man, I, I can't make it tonight. <laughs> I'm a little under the weather, but have a great time. I'll catch you next week. Now, the next time you see that friend, how are you going to approach that friend? 
Am I right? It's like you feel that shame, you feel that guilt, you feel that separation because you've lied to that friend. That's the way it is in relationships. Righteousness builds relationships. Sin separates relationships. It's the same way with God. He's the source of our joy. So when you have sin in your life, you cut off this source. And along with that comes those things such as discouragement, depression, bitterness, envy, and you fill in the rest of the rest of the line, right? So this integrity, what does integrity mean? Doing the right thing, whether anybody sees you or not. Whether anybody else knows it or not, you do the right thing. It's integrity. We struggle with that in our culture. I've had multiple people share that with me about this area. This morning, I had somebody share with me that they're trying to get a project done at their house. He said, I have agreed to a price and a day to meet somebody, and I've had 12, he said, 12 different individuals not show up when they said they would show up, 12 in a row. He said, what is it about this area? Tell you what that is, that's lack of integrity. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And when you lack integrity, it puts a wedge between you and God. What about just obeying his laws? What about where he says, joyful those who obey his laws? Well, what's his law? Number one law, love God. Number two law, love people, right? So what happens when you don't do that? It puts a wedge between you and God and you and people. So, for example, I didn't want to share this example because I hate it when God gives an example and I'm the example. So, <laughs> last week we had a situation and I uh, had a sewer issue and so I called and it was going to cost some money to get it fixed and, and it was kind of a gray issue whether it's really my responsibility or this other organization's responsibility and, and I didn't want to spend the $1,200 and so therefore I thought the other group should pay the $1,200 and, and I expressed my opinion and they expressed theirs. The difference is they had the authority to make the decision. And so they gave me a no and I was like, okay, but what if, and I went on again and they're like, well, I understand, but the answer is still no, we're not going to do that. And so then I started trying to do my Steve Taboo manipulative tactics, you know, my ninja skills of talking into something. And I was like, okay, well, listen, if you got a car warranty and, and that car warranty lasted this long and, and you, you, your car broke down, but it, it, it wasn't quite written in there that that was exactly under the warranty, but you really know it should be under the warranty. And I went on and on. I wore the poor guy out. And each time he's like, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. And I, to my credit, okay, to the, Lord's, not my, to the Lord's credit, I didn't cuss him and I didn't scream, but I was just pushy and I was negative. And I hung up the phone with him and immediately the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to save 1,200 bucks. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. And it, it's like the Lord reminded me, do I not own the cattle of a thousand hills? Do you have to throw and rub my, my name in the mud? By the way, this guy knew I was a pastor, you know? 
do I have to do that just so I can save some cash? I was like, it's not just some cash, Lord, it's 1,200 bucks. Lord's like, yeah, so what? And you see, I wasn't trusting God as my source. I wasn't trusting that he could do this. And so guess what? I apologized. I called, I called out to the Lord and said, Lord, you're right. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I'll do better next time. And you know what the Holy Spirit said then, right? Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, Taboo. And I was like, Lord, he understands. He gets this all the time. You know, you ever argue with God when the Holy Spirit's coming? It's like, Lord, really? And it was like, yeah. So I did. I picked up the phone and I called and I just said, hey, I need to apologize. I said I was negative and pushy and manipulative and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And the gentleman was gracious and kind and I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give you the 1200 Psych! No, he didn't say that. You don't always get what you want when you apologize. <laughs> he didn't say that. But you know what, in that moment when I hung up the phone that time, I had the joy. The joy of knowing that the Spirit of God showed me what the right thing was to do. And I didn't get it right the first time, but I got it right the second it was funny, after first service, I had somebody come to me and go, oh my, he said, that's so funny, I had the same exact story. I said, really? He said, yeah, but I was at a, a department store trying to buy a battery, and they told me that warranty wouldn't work, and, and so I got frustrated, and, and I, I got heated, and they got heated, and he said, I went to check out, and the Holy Spirit told me, don't you dare check out till you go apologize. And he said, so I went back and I apologized. And I said, did you get that joy? He's like, yeah. It's like, don't you wish we could have figured out the first time? Of course we do. That joy comes in that right relationship with God and with people. And the last one, he says, is for those who keep his commandments. Now listen, the world and the devil is doing all they can to nullify all of scripture. The whole idea of righteousness the whole idea that God has a plan and a creation. When God created man and woman, he said, it is good. He said, it's good. And so for each one of us, we are called to live a life in a way that is honoring of God. And what are those commandments? Well, you know, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't deceive, don't cheat. You name them. We're living in a day today, and yeah, I'm going there. We're living in a day today that sexual immorality is not just acceptable, it is shoved on us like crazy. You just can't watch a movie, a TV show, a sitcom that doesn't make the husband and wife look like the biggest buffoons that are unhappy and miserable, and the people that are sleeping around partying all the time look happy. Am I right? And now we're, we're wanting to tell seven-year-olds that they can choose their own gender when God's already chose it for them. How many of you at seven-year-old had any concept of biology and creation of, we, we don't know those things. And so I, I gotta tell you, the more the world's going this way, 
the more you and I, if we want to walk with God, are going to be called names, going to be called crazy, fascist, legalistic, you fill in the blank. And in all those things, we're called to love our fellow man and love those who oppose what the scripture teaches. But for those of us that know Christ, the source of our joy comes from obedience to Christ. So, Psalm 65, one through four says, what mighty praise, O God, belongs to you in Zion. We will fulfill our vows to you for you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. Though we are overwhelmed by our sins. Anybody been overwhelmed by their sin? You had to call that person back on the phone. You forgive them all. Oh, circle that for a moment. All. For those who think the grace of God is displayed only in the New Testament, it's not true. God is the same yesterday and today and forever. He was always wanting to forgive all our sins. He was always wanting to give each and every person his source of joy. All this is coming out of the Old Testament. He wants each one of us to experience that forgiveness for all our sins. And that is good news. And then verse four, what joy for those you choose to bring near, those who live in your holy courts, what festivities await us inside your holy temple. Again, God is the source of the joy. So when we draw near, that's when we experience the joy. Now, the third thing, when you listen to God there, God offers us a supernatural connection, a supernatural connection to joy, and that's praise music or, or music that we sing unto God. Did you know God invented music? He did. It's a gift to us as his people. It's a gift that we can use to, to draw close to him, to celebrate him, to experience greater joy. Yesterday, my wife and I did a pastor's marriage conference uh, in East Tennessee, and uh, one of the other people that was there, she shared her testimony. And her testimony went like this. She said, uh, I've been a pastor's wife for so many years, and I never really experienced depression. And then we went through a dark, difficult season. And she said, I began to feel this cloud, this dark cloud over me. And she said, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. She said, I would wake up in the mornings and literally just sob. She said, and I, I couldn't get this dark cloud off of me. And she said, I didn't know what to do. She said, so I literally just began crying out to God, saying, God, help me. God's our source, right? He's our refuge. So she went to him. And she believes it was a, a spiritual attack, trying to discourage, defeat, and crush her. But she cried out. In one week's time, she said, six times in a row, she had six different people give her the same Bible verse. Either somebody or somebody, something she read or a devotional she was reading, a Bible study she attended six different times. And it was the story of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was the king that he went to battle. And the Lord said, here's what I want you to do in this battle, Jehoshaphat. Instead of you going directly into battle, I want you to set the praise team in front of the warriors and let them go ahead of you into battle and sing while you guys follow behind them. 
Now I'm like, that's good by me, Jimmy. Jimmy's older. Jimmy, you glad you're ready for that, brother? That next war comes on, you and the praise team, y'all just walk out in front and just start singing to those guys. I think it's a great plan as long as I'm in the back, right? <laughs> but that's what they did. They put the praise and worship team in the front and sang, and then as God was honored, God intervened and he defeated the enemies. And this lady said that as she began praying about that, she said she felt like the Spirit of God showed her that she needed to worship God in the dark time. That she needed to, to sing praises to the Lord in that hard season. And so she said, I, I pulled out all my CDs and my, got my iTunes and I just started singing unto the Lord day after day, almost all day long, she said. And slowly but surely that cloud began to dissipate. And she said, and three days later, for her, it was three days later, she said it was gone, and it was like the fog had lifted, and God had renewed her, her hope and her strength. There is something supernatural that God set up with worship. It's all throughout the book of the Psalms that we've been reading, and I want to challenge you to spend time worshiping God. I want to challenge you when you come here on Sunday morning. Man, that last verse when Jimmy had y'all sing at the end that last time, whoo, I was in the back. It was powerful. I could just hear y'all overtaking the band. That's, that's a, a sight to see right there and a song to hear. And I, I want to challenge you in your daily life, find a way to spend time worshiping and singing praises unto the Lord on a daily basis. If you need those songs, uh, the band uh, has put out a couple of albums. You're, you're glad we give those away. You can download them. You can uh, go to wherever you normally go to and get those uh, from the River River Band. We, we just want you to have opportunities to have that joy. And then number three, God offers us a supernatural connection. I just said that. I'm sorry. Psalm 27, 6 is what I'm going to need to share. It says, then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. And then Psalm 98, 4 says, shout to the Lord all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. You see the combination between singing and joy again? How about Psalm 98, 6? Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. How about Psalm 101? Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. How about verse 2? Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing and with joy. How about Psalm 135, 33? Praise the Lord for the Lord is good. Celebrate his lovely name with music. So... God is the source of our joy. God gives joy to those who are righteous. And God offers us a supernatural joy gift called worship. Fourth, as I went through this, I realized, wow, God wants all nations, all people to share his joy. Not just Cookville, not just Tennessee. I was talking to somebody uh, earlier and uh, just moved here from California and he was, he was saying to me, he said, man, it's, it's, it's just a different world from where I moved from. He said, the, the people are so different. He said, I'm, I told my friends and, and just what a great place this is. I'm, I'm telling you, that Cookville's just gonna explode because the word is out. 
And we've got a choice whether we're gonna open our arms wide with joy to people and embrace them and say, y'all come? Or we're gonna close our arms and say, not here. God wants all nations to rejoice. Listen to this passage, you're gonna see it. Psalm 67, one through seven. I'm gonna accentuate uh, some words that are nations and whole world, just so it makes even more knowledge. So Psalm 67, one. May God be merciful and bless us. May his face smile with favor on us. May your ways be known throughout the earth. Your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us, and people all over the world will fear him. Over and over again, what's he saying? God's desire is that all nations worship God. That's his desire. And so we are called to be missionaries, not because we're gonna take them the American culture. We're called to be missionaries because we're called to take this joy, this hope, this message of Jesus Christ to the whole world. And some of you in here, you're called to be a missionary. God wants you to be on the mission field and you're dragging your feet. And you're saying, not me, how about my brother? Not me, how about my sister? Not me, how about the pastor? And if God's speaking to your heart, don't make any more excuses. Because God wants the nations to rejoice. He wants all to have this, this joy that he offers us as the source. Well, the last thing is that what if we get to be the river that brings joy to God? Did you know you can bring joy to God? Here's what uh, verse, uh, Psalm 46, verse four and five. Now, I understand this is not referring to us as the church, the river, okay? It was written over a thousand years before the River Community Church ever came to be. I get that. But what if it is for us? It says, a river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. How can we as the river bring joy unto the Lord. How do we bring this joy? Well, it tells us in Luke how we bring this joy to the Lord. Luke 15, verse one to seven says this. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners came often to listen to Jesus teach. Those notorious sinners, that's like you and me, okay? Because <laughs> all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Verse two. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them the story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that's lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he'll joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he'll call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. 
In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have not strayed away. The angels in heaven rejoice. Heaven rejoices when one person says to the Lord, I'm all in. I give you everything, God. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to have that joy. But we've got to go all in. We've got to, to surrender and go all in. Now, when, when we get to be a part of seeing people come to know the Lord, the angels in heaven rejoice. Got to see somebody come to know the Lord this last week, and, and as they made a decision to follow Christ, I told them, I said, now listen, I'm going to be more excited about this than you are. And I kind of saw a little puzzled look. I was like, well, because I've been a Christian now for over 30 years, and I know what God's done in my life. I know how he's rescued me. He's changed my heart from the inside out. I said, so I know how awesome it is to follow Jesus. I said, you're taking that first step, and all you know is you're all in, and you're making that decision. I said, but I can't wait to see what God has for you in the future. So for those of you that are here today, I want to invite you to go all in. I want to invite you today to say, yes, Lord, your careers." Put them on the altar. Your families, put them on the altar. Whether you're gonna be a missionary or not, put it on the altar. Whether or not you'll, you'll follow the teachings of the Lord of truth and righteousness, put it on the altar. I wanna challenge you today to say, yes, Lord, I'm all in. And then what God does in Psalm 68, 6, gives us a beautiful passage. It says, God places the lonely in families he sets the prisoner free and gives them joy. God wants to set all the lonely in families. This family here wants you to be a part. The family of God is here. Now, listen, it's up to us to have our hearts open. I talked to somebody else and at this retreat we had, and he was sharing a testimony up front about how he had gone to church recently. It wasn't ours. It wasn't anybody locally here. But he'd gone to a church, and he was a guest. He was new. He'd never been there before. Sat down, and just before the service starts, somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said, I hate to tell you this, but you're in my seat. You'll need to get up, please. Didn't say, welcome to the church. Didn't say, we're glad to have you. But he sat in her seat. What does that tell somebody? You're not welcome here. Listen, River family, we have choices all the time. Will we show the love of Christ and the joy of Christ in our lives? Or will we cross our arms and say, you're in my seat? I want you to know everybody that's here today, as a church, we want to open our arms and say, welcome to the family. But the first step is saying to God, God, I'm all in. I'm going to invite you to stand with me, if you would. We're gonna give a time of response. And to my left, on the left side over here, if you're here today and you just need to talk to the Lord one-on-one, maybe there's something uh, that you feel just holding you back from joy and you just wanna come and pray. Maybe you wanna come and pray for somebody else's this, uh, stage is covered with names of people that we're praying for to find the joy of Christ. Over here on my right side is a place, if you want someone to pray with you and pray over you, 
Maybe you're walking through a season. Maybe, maybe you don't experience that joy. First service, we had a lady come. She's like, man, I am battling depression like crazy. And we prayed over her and laid hands on her and just asked God to, to begin to break through those dark clouds. And, and maybe that's you. Maybe there's something you just want someone to pray with you about. And then in the back, in the prayer room, in the back to my left, there are folks, they're, they're willing to pray there with you. And if you just need to unload and take a while to just share where you're at and need someone to pray with you, they're back there to pray with you. And then I'll be down front. And if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to go all in, then I invite you to go all in and just come this morning and say, hey, Steve, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be a part of that family. And we've got others that are willing to pray with you about that. If you don't feel led to come forward and wherever you're at, be praying for those that do. Be praying and asking God that his Holy Spirit will touch the lives, all of our lives, and move in our hearts that we say yes to the family of God. Jimmy's going to lead us, and y'all come. Hey, guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, be sure to check out theriverCC.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, we want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings, as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms. And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.